Well, good morning. How is everybody today? Everybody's all right? Man, I had a migraine yesterday, so I, I'm feeling for Susie. We'll keep praying for her, right? We believe God can take care of her. Well, today we start a brand new series called The End. Like, oh, this is so uh, joyous, Pastor Landon. You know, I started thinking about this series about a month ago. I was like, man, October, it's October 1st today. Come on, celebrating a brand new month. It means it might be cooler this month by three degrees, right? It might be bearable. Uh, so, but I started thinking about, because October is my favorite month of the year. It's my birthday month. Uh, in Canada, the leaves start turning colors. Um, and so I've always loved the fall of the year. You get that, well, we, we have to wait till January, right? But we get that crisp air. Um, and I started thinking about my, my birthday, and I'm like, I feel like I'm like halfway there. Whoa, right? And um, I'm, I'm turning 39 next, or this week. Come on. 30, I don't usually share about my birthday, but this one's an important one because um, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, the average, you know what the average American male lives to? About 75 years old. Yeah. But obviously, if you're over 75, you beat the odds, right? That's the average. So don't worry, you can still go past 75. And uh, the average um, woman in America lives to 79 years old. That's pretty awesome, right? So guys do some dumb stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look, I'm going to look at where I was born and see what the average male lives to in Canada. Guess what? 80 years old. So I'm going to like, I'm going to like, just be like, oh, that'll be my Canadian side, my age, right? But it got me thinking about life and that life does not on this earth does not last forever, does it? We're born, we live, and we die. And every person has a date where they will die, unless Jesus comes back, right? And so we have to uh, think about this, and I think a lot of times we think about the book of Genesis and beginnings and creation, and that's awesome, isn't it? But as a pastor, my, one of my jobs is to teach you about eternity and to teach you about the book of Revelation. So that's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. And um, really, the book of Revelations teaches us about end times, about what's coming, a revelation about the end times. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. And we won't, listen, we will go to be with Jesus as believers. And I feel like we should know what's coming, right? We should kind of plan ahead, shouldn't we? Like, God gave us the beginning. He gave us the end physically on earth, right? We know as believers that we have eternity. When we follow Jesus, we have eternal life with him, but we should know the signs of the times. And so it, it, we have to be ready of sober mind, the Bible says. And I want to read you. What we're going to do today is we're just going to do um, an intro to this series um, it may be more teaching than preaching, but I want to give you an intro to this series, and then next week we'll, we'll really dig um, deeper into Revelation. So my goal for you is come every week, take notes, 
get involved. Wasn't it awesome to see there's teenagers and kids all over the sanctuary this morning worshiping Jesus? I want to be part of a church like that, right? And so our goal as a church, our goal as a church is that we would have something happening for all ages. So today you get to be part of Revelation, the end, right? It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. Remember that one? Revelation 1, starting in verse 1. Look at this. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, verse 2, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Look at this. Blessed is the one who reads aloud. Right? Blesses. I'm reading out loud today. But look, look, there's something in here about you. It reads out loud the words in this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because what? The time is near. The time is near. I want to break down uh, these three verses, and then we'll get into some points. So these aren't the points yet, but what, what I saw in these was revelations from Jesus. You're like, what does the word revelation mean? Well, in Greek, it's apocalypse, uh, apocalypsis. In our language, you've heard it before, apocalypse, right? Talking about uh, the end times, and simply means revealing and unveiling something. Aren't you, aren't you excited that there's things that are unknown and God makes them known to his people? Isn't that great? Aren't you happy about that? That something that is unknown is revealed to you. And maybe some of you today are like, oh, I haven't read Revelation or I haven't been to church in a long time. And then we, we show up and we're talking about the end. You came on a good Sunday, Right? Jesus is sharing secrets of the kingdom with us. It reveals Jesus' evaluation of his churches. So this is about 60 to 65 years after his resurrection and ascension. And he's sharing about these revelations that he's sharing with these seven churches. And we'll get into the seven churches more next week. And it's what must soon take place, right? In verse 3, it says that, that the time is near. First Peter says it this way. Look, the end, and you can write some notes if you have a way to take notes on the back of your bulletin. There should be a pen in front of you. I, I would say take some notes. But look what First Peter says. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. The idea is not that the event may occur soon or right away, but when it does, it will be all of a sudden. It'll be quick. It'll be like God's like, all right, I'm flipping the switch. Because some of you are like, well, this has been, we've been talking about this for 2,000 years, Pastor Landon. We have. And we will continue until God says, all right, it's time. Can we pray before we jump in? 
Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this book of Revelation. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would speak to us, that we would hear, that we would have wisdom, that we would have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. So over the next weeks, we'll be, we'll be jumping into this book. And, and like I said, my encouragement is take notes, jump in, be here, be consistent. So today what I want to do is walk through the last part of Revelation 1, and I want to verify a few things with you. You ever heard the word verify? Check mark, right? Like on Twitter or X, they have like this check blue check mark or whatever beside, like, yes, this is the real so whoever, right? This is the real president. This is the real Donald Trump. This is the real whoever, right? They have a, it's verified. Well, what I love about Revelation 1 is that, that the writer here, who is John, the revelator, he is writing to us. He's like, let me verify a few things with you and how, how Revelation came to be. And that's kind of what we're going we're gonna to see. Number one, verifying Jesus as Lord. Revelation 1, where he's verifying that Jesus is Lord. He's saying, hey, listen. This is the same Jesus, right? This isn't some other person. This is the exact same one that I talked about in my book, John, okay? And here's what it says starting for, we're going to literally today, what's going to be nice is by the time we're done today, we're, we'll have read all of Revelation 1 together. It's about 19 or 20 verses. Revelation 1, 4 to 6 says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from sins by his blood. Verse 6. And has made us to be king, to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. The book was meant to be read publicly. So we see many things in the opening to remind us that Jesus is Lord. This is the same one. The one who is, the one what, who was and who is to come. I love that Jesus didn't just leave us without anything, right? It's like, all right, peace, see you when I come back. No, what did he do? He gave us his Holy Spirit so that we can have him with us and walk with us every single day. And then he gave us this beautiful revelation that we need to read and understand and know what the end looks like. The faithful witness, the one who loves us, the one who has freed us from our sin. So then he's reminding us, hey, this is the same Jesus who went to the cross. This is the same one that I want to reveal to you. The one who made us a kingdom, right? So we think about this group of believers, right? New Hope Church, we've got church, there's churches all over Frostproof, 
There's churches all over the world. And guess what? We're all part of one kingdom, God's kingdom. And then he, so he mentions that he made us priests to serve. Let me show you what 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10 shows about God's people. But you are a chosen people. This is, what, this is what he's referring to here in Revelation 1. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He's speaking directly to us. Hey, guys, you're part of the kingdom. You're a royal priesthood. You were chosen for such a time as this. He's reminding us who we are. He's verifying who he is. So the second one is Revelation 1 is verifying his second coming. We'll put that up there. Look verifying his second coming. Jesus is coming back. Amen? Hey, if you're a believer and you haven't heard yet, guess what, everybody? Jesus is coming back. Amen? Some of you are like, I had a bad week. Can he come today? Please? Man, the news is getting crazy. He, can he come today? There's talking about vaccines again. Can he please come today? I don't think we can do the COVID thing again. I'm, I'm not participating this time. Is that okay? All right, good. But I'm not doing it. But number two, he's verifying his second coming. Revelation 1, 7 to 8. Here's, where, here's, where, here's the verification. Number, number seven here. Look, look. Everybody say, look. Look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And then Jesus says, hey, yo, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I love this because now we now revelation is mirroring a revelation that Daniel got in the Old Testament, Daniel 7. This is this is him quoting it. It says and it describes the coming of the Lord. He's coming back with the clouds. When Jesus comes, he will be surrounded by clouds. This will be true. One, it'll be true literally, right? Cuz when he went, he went up into the cloud, it said it. But it will be true literally when he returns. But what, what the difference is this time is everybody will see. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a flat earth guy, right? So if Jesus comes back to Jerusalem, would we be able to see in the clouds? Would we be able to physically see Jesus? He could make it like that, right? But what has happened over the last 10 or 20 years that would really make it where we could see Jesus Internet, right? This little device. Obviously, God is bigger than this device. But there's a way that we will all, the Bible says everyone will see the Lord. 
It will also be true figuratively because multitudes or believers in the Bible are called what? A great cloud of witnesses. Do you remember that? So figuratively, clouds are also commonly associated with God's presence and glory in the Old Testament. It's called the Shekinah glory. So every eye will see, everybody will see him when Jesus comes. It won't be a secret, right? Right. If we go back to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see Jesus show up in a manger. Right? He already did all of that. He's going to show up and every eye will see. And, and then in the word says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He's not a Lord. He's not one of the Lords. He is the Lord God. Amen? He is a physical God that we serve. So when he comes, it will not be a secret. I was, uh, I was chatting with Emma. I forget where we were recently, but these loud trumpets started playing. And Emma's like, Dad, is it time? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I think there's just those guys over there playing the trumpets. But isn't it good that a 13-year-old is thinking about those things? So that should remind us that, that everyone will see and everybody will hear. And we'll get to that in a minute because it's actually in here. Every eye will see. So that's the, that's the second one. Number three, Revelation 1 is verifying the writer and what he saw. Is everything good with Miss Susie? Okay, good, good. Verifying the writer and what he saw. So here we go, a little bit further into Revelation 1, verse 9 to 11. Look at this. I, John, remember John, right? One of the disciples, he wrote the book of John. I, your brother and companion, so who he's writing to, right? We're also his brother or sister because we're... Christ followers, in the suffering in the kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So I'll pause there just for a second um, on that, on verse 9, and I'll probably get a little bit deeper into this in a minute. But what he's saying here is, hey, because I was preaching Jesus they put me on Alcatraz. Really, it was like a um, Roman version of Alcatraz. It's just an island. Nobody could get off it. They had to, they had to um, it was prison. And so he's on there because of, because of his testimony that he's been sharing about Jesus. And then verse 10, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice like what? A trumpet. So when Jesus shows up, his voice is like a trumpet. In verse 11, which said, write on a scroll, so this is in red in my Bible, it says, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, uh, Tyre, I can't say that one, sorry, Sardis, this one's easy, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Okay, so write these things to these churches. And like I said before, we'll get to the churches probably next week. So the island of Patmos was like an Alcatraz 
for the Roman Empire. And there was actually uh, a rock quarry, and they would uh, be working to get the marble. And that's what John was doing, most likely, or the other people that were on the island. They were in trouble for something. They killed somebody. Well, John just so happened to be sharing about Jesus. He's like, yeah, you, Patmos. Get out of here, John. And this is where John, imagine you're in prison, and this is where John the Revelator starts having um, this moment with the Lord. It's pretty impressive. And through this series, we're going to see all, we're going to be able to read and visualize what John sees and hears from the Lord Jesus. All right, and then, and then the fourth one, Revelation 1 um, is verifying the first, I, I'm going to just call it the first glimpse. The first glimpse that John has that he gets to see for himself. And I'm going to read it for you, and then we'll break. This will be the longest part today. We're, we're going to break down a lot of these verses to kind of help us see what John saw. And that one day, guess what, church? You will see. If you've trusted and put your faith in Christ. So Revelation 1, verse 12 to 16. Look at this. I turned around. So this is John saying, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands, and we'll see at the bottom, Jesus says the lampstands were representative of those seven churches. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Come on, John, that's Jesus. Look at this, dressed in a robe, which reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. Verse 14, the hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Imagine that moment, right? His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and, among, and coming out of his mouth was like a sharp two-edged sword. His voice was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. So imagine this moment that John has with Jesus. Now this wasn't, this was the same Jesus that went to the cross, but now he is in his glory. Amen? He was once like us, 100% man, but now he's showing his 100% God. And imagine that one day when you turn around, when you walk in the streets of heaven, you'll turn around and guess who will be standing before you? That same Jesus. Yeah. One of us celebrated. Come on. Amen. It brings you to that song, I can only imagine, right? 
I can only imagine. There's, there's nothing even that will be able to help us fully understand what that moment will feel like and what that moment will look like. We can only imagine John's mind as he turned around. The voice he heard was probably not exactly like when he was physically with Jesus, but close, but just better. <laughs> he describes it as a, like a trumpet, like a waterfall. And as believers, we will have that experience too. Dressed in a robe, golden sash, hair white like snow. So the white here, his hair speaks of, sometimes we think of it as old age, right? I got a little bit of gray in here now. See it? That's my wisdom. And it kind of connects us culturally. We understand gray hair as wisdom, right? Like, the more gray you have, the more wisdom you have. The more you had to go through to get that gray hair, right? So look, listen, when you see your gray hair, don't, don't think of it as a negative thing. Think of it as a positive thing. God's given you wisdom. And guess what? When you show up, Jesus is going to have that nice wool, gray, white, white hair. It says white as snow. It, it shows Christ in his purity. Eyes like blazing fire, feet like a glowing furnace. So since fire is connected with judgment, his feet are like fine brass as refined in a furnace. Speaks of someone who has been through the fires of judgment and has come forth with a refined purity. Right? What did, what did Jesus do when he went to the cross? He took on all the sin in everything for us. He went to hell and back, and that's what this is representing. Jesus has been through the refiner's fire. The voice was like a rushing water. Have you ever been to a waterfall? Like the Niagara, anybody been to Niagara Falls? It's just a beast of a falls. You can't hear anything but the falls. Right? I remember one time, Tara and I, our first Valentine's that we were married, we went, to, we went to Niagara Falls in February. On the Canada side, it's better. Um, everybody knows it. And there was so much, there was so much mist coming off the falls that everything had about a, about a layer of ice this thick on it. But you know what? It was beautiful. Imagine Christ's voice will trump, will triumph, will trumpet over every voice, everything. And you'll have to look. And you'll have to listen. And you'll have to pay attention. When you go to Niagara Falls, guess what you're doing? You're looking at the falls in all of its glory. How much more so when you hear Jesus will you be looking at his fullness and glory? Amen? It's beautiful. So Jesus' voice had the power and majesty of a mighty waterfall. It says seven stars in his right hand. The seven stars speak of the leaders or representatives of the seven churches mentioned in Revelations 1. The stars are securely in the hand of Jesus. Since seven is the number of completion, we can say that he's got the whole church 
in his hand. You know the song, got the whole, we got all the songs today. Got the whole world. Come on, can you sing it? In his hand, come on. Oh, you got it, in his hands. You got it, good job, come on. Woo! We got the saints on the front row here singing. <laughs> got their saints jerseys on. He's got the whole church in his hand, and we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna break down some of the seven churches and then it comes to this idea, it's got the double-edged sword from his mouth. Now you're like, that visually looks different. What does that mean? The idea is, coming out of his mouth, is not that Jesus carries a sword in his teeth. The idea is this sword is his what? His word, his weapon, and ours also. We see this throughout Scripture, that, that the word is like a double-edged sword, strong and powerful, and a weapon. When you look at the, uh, when you look at the armor of God, which is the one you fight with? All of the other ones are defensive mechanisms, right? The offensive weapon that we use as believers is the Word of God. We can speak it, we can pray it, we can present it to people, and so He will have His Word face was like the sun. And I was speaking with some friends uh, earlier this week, and here in Florida, when there's a shady spot, might be the north side of a building, what grows on that building in Florida? Mold. Right? Why? Because the sun doesn't touch it. And when we're in the light, there can be no mold. Right? When, we're, when, this, when Christ shows up, the sunlight will reveal everything. And his face will shine like the sun because he is the, the sun, the S-O-N, right? The glory of Jesus is so great, so shining, that it's hard to even look at him. Jesus was the same glory as his transfiguration when his face shone like the sun. And then we get to the last few verses. And I'd like for us to stand today. I'm going to close with this today. I want, and like I said, today is an intro. This is to just whet our appetite because there is so much in Revelation that we're going to get to. And there'll probably be things that we won't be able to get to. But this is just the appetizer. And when we think about this, a lot of times we start thinking about our life. That our life on earth is but a vapor. It's like a drop in the bucket. And that we need to know 100% that we have that relationship that God's calling us to have with Him. Amen? Because there'll be one day where either we'll die or Jesus comes back and there is a judgment day. And that we'll either be with Christ or we will not be with Christ. And when we know these things, we can plan ahead and say, I know what's going to happen. I don't know exactly the time or the day or exactly, but I know that Christ loves me and he's preparing a place for me. And here's what the end looks like. 
And so what I'd like to do for us today is for the last four or five verses, I would like for us to read this together. The, the second verse in is Jesus, his very words to John in, our, in English, right? So look at this, Revelation 1, verse 17 and on. Can we read this together? When I saw him, this is John speaking, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstand is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Lord, it said that blessed are those who read it, which we all got to read it today, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. Lord, would we take your word to heart today? Lord, that we would hear it. Lord, that we would understand it. Lord, thank you that you say that we are blessed by hearing and we are blessed by speaking it. And so, Lord, as we go through this series, as we launch out into the great unknown of Revelation, Lord, I pray that you would make it known to us. You would give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, and the church said, man, can we just, can we just celebrate? Hey, we got through, we got through the uh, intro.